0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Come on, praise the Lord let's pray father in the name of jesus we thank you for your word come on get your bibles out let's get excited again for the word can we can we come on let's close our eyes we're here we want your word lord god your word says that your word is sweeter than the honey on the honeycomb could your church truly say that today in 2023 that lord god we could stop all of our conversations when the word is about to be preached we could stop all of our distractions all of our thinkings wayward thinkings when your word is present lord let us get to that point lord god where we bring back the reverence of god in the church for worship and for the word who do you look upon according to isaiah those who tremble at your word those who are contrite in spirit lord those who have not lifted up their hearts and their hands to an idol lord and those who tremble at your word. So I pray that you would anoint your word today because I can't give the people anything, Lord. I pray that you would use me, open ears, and encourage people of who you are today in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. I want you to get your Bibles out, but I'm not going to turn to it yet, but I want to continue a series that I started two weeks ago because uh, Dale and Elani, they spoke last week. Come on, give it up for Dale and Elani. They spoke last week, encouraged us. I encourage you to get those come signs, the C-O-M-E, put it on your yard because we want to invite people to the Lord and invite people to the church because God is doing something. Amen. So before I I turn, I'm going to ask you to turn to, to a very famous, very simple psalm. But I'm going to uh, give a recap first because I don't think there I've seen any other place other than this psalm that talks about the Lord in this nature. But my series is Jesus the Good Shepherd. Come on, everybody say he's a good shepherd. And those of you who missed two weeks ago, man, it was powerful. Let me give you a recap so you understand. So in the New Testament, everybody say New Testament. There's two big places in this all of scripture where it talks about God describing God, his characteristics as a shepherd. Now, I want you to realize how rare that is, though, because in the Bible, if you really study the scriptures all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the the New Testament, but especially the Old Testament, God is described as this almighty father almighty God the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob he is omnipotent he's almighty right and he is uh Jehovah right he is the Lord God almighty he is a consuming fire yes. amen. amen and the Bible calls the Lord some incredible omniscient one right the all-knowing one but then you see in in and again get I did it reverse in the Old Testament, but, which I'm going to talk today, part two, but in the New Testament, there's one place that, that the Lord really describes God as a shepherd. But what I've realized is that shepherds in the Bible were actually warriors. They weren't sissies, they weren't soft. Why? Because one of the main jobs of a shepherd was to fight off wolves. Come on, somebody. So you couldn't be soft and be a shepherd. You couldn't be fearful and be a shepherd. Now, I'm not talking about today's shepherds as the fivefold ministry. So get that out of your head. Although there are some good shepherds and bad shepherds naturally too. But what I'm going to say to you is that, just a recap, and then I'm going to give you, because I believe we need to know Jesus as the good shepherd. Come on. He calls himself the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, and I'm not going to go there. This is a recap. It describes like no other chapter in the New Testament, God Almighty as the nature of a shepherd. And Jesus calls himself, I am not just any shepherd. Come on, somebody. I am the good shepherd. And that alone is a whole sermon. You could just talk on the goodness of God for, about, for days. For days, you could talk about the goodness of God. He says he's a good shepherd. He could have said, I'm a good Lord. He is a good Lord. He could have said, I'm a good, all-powerful God. He is a good, all-powerful God, but he said, I'm a good shepherd. Now, why is that important to us? And I said this two weeks ago, and I made you laugh, but it's true. Because God in the Bible calls us many things in the bible he calls us uh, a, a fellowship he calls us a church he calls us the bride he calls i mean, he calls him the bride he calls us the friend of the bridegroom right hello yes yes he calls us a community right he calls us the body of christ hello I'm, are you still with me right he, he calls us family but you know what else he calls us sheep in psalm 100 it says we are the sheep here's our god and we are the sheep of his pasture. That means we are his sheep. And this is why I started this series, because sheep are the dumbest animals, one of the dumbest animals in the, in the planet, and one of the most stubborn. I said that two weeks ago, one of the most stubborn animals. If you study a sheep, they will eat and eat and eat until the shepherd tells them to stop and leaves them somewhere else. And they, and they are sometimes stubborn. So that's why God has to have a shepherd to lead sheep. Why? Because sheep need to be led. They just, if you do the study as I have, they just normally don't stumble across food. They have to be led to food. You hear me? And so why is God as a good shepherd? Because in John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. And I, and I have them come in. And he says, I am the door. In that same recap in that same chapter he said i am the door come on everybody say the door now why is that why does that make him a good shepherd because the door is is symbolic of accessibility that means you and i at any time because he's a good shepherd could enter in and out the bible says in john chapter 10 in in his presence out and pouring it out to people in for his glory to receive the glory out to pour it on on the nations come on That's what in and out means, but we have access. And then the other recap of two weeks ago, the reason why we said that Jesus is the good shepherd is because he warns us that there's a thief in that same chapter. In the whole chapter of Jesus being the good shepherd, he says, I'm the door. He says, there's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we talked about that just because you are spirit-filled and just because you come to church doesn't mean that the thief is not going to come. The Lord warns his disciple, yet just because I'm the door and just because you're the church, the thief is still coming. And he's relentless. And that's a whole, you need to get the the podcast two weeks ago, because that's a warning why would he be a good shepherd if he didn't warn us about a thief come on church come on see see sometimes we don't realize the goodness of his shepherdness we just think okay he's a good shepherd he's gentle that's all we think when we think of shepherding is he you got to be gentle shepherding is much more than just gentleness it's warning us about a wolf that's coming come on he would not be a good shepherd if he saw a wolf and says you handle that yourself as a matter of fact in john chapter 10 he said the hireling who doesn't care for the sheep sees a wolf and fleas and in the natural there are some hirelings in the church fivefold ministry that they only are in a position for money but when something happens to the sheep they're nowhere there to be found come on church we need to pray for real shepherds real people that love the lord and love people matter of fact in jeremiah I'm not, this is going off a little bit but jeremiah says i'm going to bring backsliders And I'm going to look to see who the real shepherds are who will feed you. Do you know that backsliders are entrusted to true shepherds? But we all need to take on the nature of the good shepherd. Come on, say amen. Amen. And the last thing that we did two weeks ago, this is my intro, then I'm going to start for part two. Two weeks ago, we said that Jesus is, because I took all John chapter 10 and and described different aspects of the good shepherd. That Jesus is a good shepherd. Oh, I love this. You, some of you are going to love this. Because some of you uh, uh, have a little bent towards going wayward, right? He said, no matter what waywardness you try to do, nobody is able to pluck them out of my hand. All that is in John chapter 10. The thief is coming. I'm the door. I'm the good shepherd. And by the way, those who are my sheep, nobody could take them out of my father's hands. It doesn't matter how much rebellion they have. It doesn't matter how much sin they have. It doesn't matter how many years they walk away from me. They will never be able to be stripped from my hands. His love is greater than your rebellion we as sheep like to rebel every now and then and he will continue to pursue you and you will be miserable trying to leave the flock without god's protection and god's intimacy in your life you will be miserable and listen even though you feel you're going to fulfill yourself in one time and the other out there he will never let you rest because he's a good shepherd that's why and and I'm, i'm i'm ending my my review because the review is important why is he a good shepherd? He leaves the 99 to go after the one. But watch this. Why did he go after the one? Because it's always the one that leaves the flock. And let, let, let's, just, let's ask church talk now. We are sheep, right? It's always the one that leaves the flock offended, leaves the flock bitter, leaves the flock angry. And those are the sheep that are really in danger. Jesus, being the good shepherd, says they are in danger. They think, they think that they are right by leaving the community of sheep, and so I got to find them, why, because when you leave the flock, you're susceptible to wolves, and I, the last, I don't know if this is a revelation to you, but if you have a sheep and a wolf one-on-one, the wolf is probably going to win, always going to win, the wolf is always going to win one-on-one, We need the community of the saints. That is why we cannot forsake the assembly of of the gathering together. Come on. That's why church, I'm going to say it, some of you may not like it, was not meant for you to sit home just because you're tired and watch church. Get up out of your tiredness, come to the church, get encouraged, get strengthened, and go back out. Amen? So part two is in the Old Testament. I have never seen, I've studied the scriptures, right? Here's part two of Jesus being the good shepherd. My, my, my subtitle for part two is that he's the good shepherd, our provider. I'm going to break down how the shepherd provides for us. And I'm going to have a quick news flash for you so you won't think that it's just about something that you think. He is much more of a provider than just providing finances for you. So get the thing out of your head that, oh, he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider, my financial provider. Yes, he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider, but not just in finances. And I'm going to get the whole message in the next two weeks. We're going to break down Psalm 23, not just verse by verse. I'm going to break it down word by word in the verse. And we're going to release realities of the good Shepherd. And we're going to expound on it from Psalm 23. Can I hear an amen? So let's turn to Psalm 23. Now, it's the ESV. This is very f- famous, but I'm going to break down. Uh, Chris, sorry, I would have had something for you, for you to read, but we'll, we'll do that next week. I'll be more prepared, Chris. God bless you. <laughs> it's okay. Psalm 23. So think about this. Think about this. Everybody say, Good shepherd. Now, uh, what was King David, before I read, right, we're going to read verse 1, and then we're just going to break down verse 1 now. And then later on in the sermon, we're going to break down verse 2. So uh, we're probably not going to even get past verse 3 today, because this is the whole message. We're going to release the word in a very microscopic way. Come on, say amen right? And and so before I do that, what do you think of of King David when you think of it? Come, You could talk back to me. This is a church. You could talk back to the pastor. What do you think of King David? And don't do it all theological because you know where I'm going. Where do you think? What do you think of when you think of King David in the Bible? Giant slayer. That's right. Worshipper. That's absolutely right. Worshipper. Giant slayer. 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 (laughs) Right? Right? He's a, a victorious. He's a powerful king. Wiped out enemies, right? One of the greatest kings. He's a warrior. I mean, David was a warrior. But what was his training to be a warrior? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He was trained in the wilderness, tending sheep. That was his training for being a warrior. That was his training to be a giant slayer. We see the end result, but we don't see the preparation. And this, watch this. And he, what was David? David a shepherd so that means g david had a revelation of god that none of us had up until this point because up until psalm 23 there was hardly any mention of god almighty in the old testament as a shepherd but here comes david oh baba shata. here comes david And all of a sudden, he's gone through hell and back. And he thought, oh my God, I got king, I got king, I got king. And he realized what happens when you get king. Because the enemy has a bullseye over leaders. And so he had to run away from Saul. And all of a sudden, he was meditating one day. And of all the attributes that he could tell about God, he said this. Verse 1. The Lord is My shepherd. He's not the shepherd, which he is. He's my shepherd. There's a personal relationship going on here. This is not a shepherd. I have a relationship with him. And now that I have been tending sheep for a while, and now that I have giant slayed for a while, and now that I have been a warrior for a while, I realize that all this, in my distress, he is mine personal shepherd, watch this, and personal provider. Put that slide up there. Jesus is my personal shepherd and my personal provider. Why do I say personal? Because we need to get back to Jesus being our personal Lord and Savior. Like, he is our personal Lord and Savior. It is personal. It should be personal. And David said it is very personal. He is not just a shepherd. He, I didn't just come up with the name shepherd because I wanted to be spiritual. I notice how I do things and how he taught me in the way that a shepherd would go and how my father and my ancestors taught me how to be a shepherd for real sheep. I see, David said, the nature of that shepherd. Watch this watch this, watch this, in the Lord. Why? Because remember when he was like 16 or 15 years old and he came to Saul, I'm giving you a background, and he said, hey, I could, I could defeat Saul, and Saul, I mean, uh, the, 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 the uh, Goliath, and Saul was like, you can't do that. You're just a little boy, right? You're just a little boy, you can't do that. What did he say? This is a revelation. This is not even my notes. Listen, he goes, your servant has killed. As a shepherd, as a shepherd, as a shepherd lion and a bear with his hands and surely that uncircumcised philistine will be the same today if you let me if you let me do it that was a shepherd talking so as a shepherd he saw the other side of the lord being mighty being strong and a protector and a provider as a shepherd he realized that what God was teaching him as a shepherd had to do with a lot of things that had to do with his nature. Come on, s- somebody. He is my shepherd. I want to ask you guys something. Do you know him as your shepherd? Or do you just know him as PG's shepherd? Or RCC's shepherd? Or Harvest's shepherd? Or a YouTube podcast person that you like, shepherd? Do you, is he your shepherd? Come on. Do, do, do you have a personal relationship with the shepherd? Do you know his nature? He said the Lord is my shepherd. Now watch this. This is what I want to get. This, these, these next four words. Yes. <laughs> these next four words is building my whole entire sermon today. Look at the next phrase. He, the Lord is my shepherd. Ready? I shall not Want i shall not want that is the provider that is the provider nature of jesus why in the hebrew the word want means lack come on somebody i'm going to preach this morning in the hebrew want is not the english word want like i want this i want mercedes-benz i want a great great house i want a good boat and i want all this stuff nothing wrong with that but he is not in the hebrew i shall not want means i shall not lack oh lord It doesn't mean just what you get, what you want, when you want it. Because I guarantee you, David asked for things that he didn't get. And he didn't label him a a, a mean God. He still said, he's my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because me saying, I shall not want. The Hebrew words for want means lack. Jesus is the best provider. Come on. Because he always provides us what we need, not what we want. Oh, church, church, this is amazing. He's a good shepherd because if he gives you what you want all the time, you will be miserable. You may not think that. You may know what you want. But listen, God is a good shepherd because he gives you what you need, not what you greed. Not what you greed. I am so thankful. Aren't you thankful that God didn't answer some of your prayers when you were younger? Oh, come on, church. You know, I'm speaking to you. You know why He's a good shepherd? Because He gives you what you need. He doesn't, in the natural, the shepherd doesn't say, What do you want? You want, you, you want this chocolate? You want this chocolate? I give you this chocolate. That's bad for the sheep. You, you, want, you want I Listen, you know what? There's a little bacon here. I gave it to the dog. Maybe you can have some. No, they need to have grass. They need to have pasture. Which it will lead you somewhere. Listen, why is Jesus the good shepherd? Why did David call him that? Because he realized that there's some things he prayed for that God didn't give it to him. Watch this. And is his goodness. His goodness is... Thi- is contributed in the things he didn't give you how many of you prayed for something when you were younger and now thank God that God didn't pr- answer that prayer I don't know about you but I prayed when I was younger about certain people or certain things in my life that I wanted I thought was good and there was silence that God didn't give it to me and I cried and I was like, why didn't give it to me and I realized oh years later thank you Lord that God didn't give me that I remember years ago when I was a, a young person and, 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 and still didn't know who I was. There was somebody that recognized the anointing in my life and they said, I want you to be the youth pastor of my church. I go, okay. They even pray about it. Now, l- listen to that. that. That's a good thing, isn't it? Youth pastor for a church. Like, oh, they recognize my gift. Oh, my God. I was only saved like two, three years. And I'm like, they recognize my gift. Oh, my God. God's going to use me. And I didn't know that I needed to pray about stuff. <laughs> it just, it was just, it was just, yeah that's God okay and all of a sudden I I never forget I I just have this uneasiness and I I thought it was fear you have to understand that sometimes fear and um, uh, fear and a no from God sound and similar do you hear me sometimes God says no but in your mind you're like no I'm just gonna push through because it's my fear but it wasn't my fear it was a no of God no don't do it watch this Him being a good shepherd, I remember praying about it and walking around uh, this this huge church. And I was talking to the security guard, and he stopped me. I'll never forget. I was probably three years old, three three years old in the Lord. (laughs) I was three years old in the Lord. Yeah, three-year-old youth pastor. (laughs) I want chocolate. I want. You know. Here's what happened. He stopped in the middle of the conversation. And I'd have had any language. I wasn't uh, fully mature yet. He goes, look me right in my eyes. He goes, do you feel peace about it? I go, I I don't. He goes, then don't do it. I go, but it's, it's a good opportunity. He goes, don't do it. Because God is testing you to see that there's something better. I had to call that pastor back, embarrassed and say, I'm sorry, I can't take it. Right? And... God actually spared me from some things that probably would have happened to me. I would have been outside of the will of God, even though it was a good thing. He is a good shepherd because he doesn't answer some of the things you want. He gives you what you need. Oh, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. If you're not careful, your wants will be filtered by your current situation. And it will be filtered by your hurts. And therefore, you're wanting something that is not even for you or even God's will for you. Come on. He is my shepherd. I shall not. Come on. Want. That does not mean that you will be rich. That does not mean that if if, if that happens, praise God. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have any problems. It just means you're not going to lack anything. Well, I'm barely making it. Well, We'll describe that. Well, are you healthy? Do you live in a house, an apartment? Well, I don't have a car, but can you see? Can you hear? Come on, church. Can you walk? Example the Jewish people wanted a political leader, but they needed a savior. I shall not lack, I shall not want. The Jewish people were praying for a political Messiah. That's what they want, even to this day. It's a political Messiah. Jesus And the Lord goes, you need a Savior. And the world needs a Savior. But do you imagine if God gave them what they wanted only, there would be no Savior? Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit on me here. Old Testament, ready? The people wanted a king, and God was already their king. And God does not want them to, listen, isn't that a, Good desire in the natural. We want a king. And God goes, I'm your leader. Yeah. No, we want a king. Okay, I'll give you, watch this, what you want. And I'll give you King Saul. I'm preaching, then you're better saying the amen today. Come on. God, I will give you what you want then. Now, you, what you need is me. Yeah. Be, why? Because in the Old Testament, remember fire, cloud, they led the children of Israel. There were judges there. But then all of a sudden, it's like, I, I, I don't want this anymore. I want, I want a real person to be my leader. Okay, you have that. That's what you want. That's not what you need. I'll give you King Saul. And guess what happened with King Saul? He opened up Israel to demonic mediums and spirits. By, by, by talking to a psychic, basically, sorcerer, to try to give him direction for him to lead Israel. Could you imagine if I go to a psychic to, to ask the psychic how to lead RCC. Do you understand that this is why he is a good shepherd? Because he doesn't give you what you want. He gives you what you need. Oh, come on, church. He gives you what you need. He gives you what you need. He gives you what you need. Thank you, Lord. And Psalm 23, verse 2. This is where I'm just, that was my, my big intro, right? God shows us some main things that a good shepherd provides. Everybody say provides. Psalm 23, verse 2. I'm going to break this down. Remember, the Lord is my shepherd, my personal. I shall not lack. That means everyone in here, if you are saved, you're not lacking. You may be hurting, like I am, but you're not lacking. There's a difference. One day our bodies will be made whole. Come on. One day we will be in glory. One day this, we will shed this outer shell, and we will forever be with the Lord. But while we're here our definition of lack and want is different from his definition of lack and want. If you have him, you have everything. Oh man, that was a good place to shout. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus and you're walking with him and you've turned away from your sins, you you are rich. You're not lacking anything. You may be barely making it, but you're making it. You may not have that much food, but you have food. See, that? It's a, this is the mentality that you have to have, and that's the, the mentality he had. Now, watch this. That, this is, I'm going to break this down. This is going to be real good for you. Verse 2. How is he a good shepherd and a provider? Say, good shepherd. shepherd. Provider. provider. It's in verse 2. This is, this, is the, this is the characteristics of a shepherd that provides. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me besides the waters. Boy, I'm going to preach this thing. He makes me to lie. Everybody say, makes me. That stood out to me. I'm going to preach on that for a second. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Listen, and he leads me. What a perfect leader he is. He leads, not pushes me, besides still waters, okay? Now watch, what does that symbolize? And then I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to tell you what those two things symbolize as a shepherd and and in modern times, prophetically, then I'm going to break those two things down, what they mean, okay? Put that next slide up. Green pastures and still waters speak of contentment and peace. Watch this now. This is key. Contentment is not having everything you want. Contentment is being satisfied with what you have. Uh, No, no, no. I have five amens on that. Contentment is not having everything you want. That's not contentment. I want to tell you that contentment, if you're not, listen, please zoom in on me. If you are not biblically content or if you don't have peace, you may not be following the shepherd. Because he, the shepherd, always leads us to contentment and peace. Okay, good, good, good time to switch, all right? Now look at this. Thank you for that. Jesus, the good shepherd, provides us by leading us with true contentment and peace. Now why do I say contentment? Where do I get the word contentment from? From that scripture, all right? Because not having lack is part of contentment. But watch this. Leading us to green pastures fulfills that contentment. Right, watch this. What are green pastures? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Prophetically, green pasture speaks of contentment. Why? What is contentment? Look at the Greek word for content. Everybody say content. Watch, I'm gonna encourage you, but also challenge you. Can I hear an amen? Watch this. I'm gonna read from the, the, the Greek lexicon of, of, of the word con, uh, content, all right? And, and I'll, I'll tell you where I got it from in a second, all right? You're probably going to think, those who know the word, you will know where I'm going. It's in the New Testament. It's aut- autorekis, which means sufficient for oneself. Th- th- listen what what, what what that means. Sufficient, contentment. Strong enough or possessing enough to need no aid or support. I'm reading word for word. Word for word. Independent of external circumstances. Watch this. Satisfied with one's portion, satisfied with one's means, though it may be the slenderest. (laughs) Satisfied with the need, even though it may be the slenderest, but contentment is something that we grow into and mature into. It's not a born trait. You have to grow into it, and you have to learn. Everybody say, learn it. And you have to grow into it. And that's how you truly become content and really have no need and realize that he is a good shepherd because he gives you what you need. What am I talking about? Philippians chapter 4. I'm glad you asked. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Glory to God. Verse 11 through 13. Look at this. Look at what Paul says, okay? Look at what Paul says in the ESV here. Not that I am speaking of being, what, what? But I have, everybody say learned. Mm, That means he wasn't born with it. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content in whatever situation I'm in. I've learned. I had to learn it. It took a while, but I got to learn contentment. I got to learn that he's my provider. I got to learn that he doesn't have to answer all my, my wants because he's a good shepherd, and I have to trust that he's going to lead me in the things that I need for me and my family. I know to be brought low and I know how to abound. Watch this guys in any and every circumstance. everybody say that with me in any and every circumstance say this with me i have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need i can do all things through him who strengthens me how did he get to that revelation how did paul the apostle get to that revelation by learning contentment watch this are you ready when you learn contentment And when you are satisfied with what he gives you, true contentment will deliver us from covetousness and complaining. True contentment will deliver you and I from the enemy having a stronghold for a lot of worldly desires or even complaining. I admit, I have not been there all the time. But all of us need to learn. Contentment. That's why he's a good shepherd. He leads us to green pastures. And I say that to let you know that the green pastures is symbolic of contentment. Why? Because the good shepherd could have led the sheep anywhere to get food, but they always lead the sheep to green pastures. And green pastures is symbolic of food. Listen to this. This is, this is crazy. I, I want to be able to, to, to break this down. It's is, is food. I think I, I think I skipped it. Here it is. The word pasture, the word pasture in the Webster Dictionary, listen, vibrant or healthy grass or plants. Specifically used for feeding. Oh, boy. You know why he's a good shepherd? Because he gives you the right foods that you need spiritually. He gives you the right foods that you need emotionally. He gives you the right foods that you need mentally. Which leads me to the next point. He, he, he gives contentment, but then, number two, he's the good shepherd and our provider because he leads us to still waters. He leads us. To still waters i'm going to really break this down please listen to me because you some of you really need this and then there's a revelation here that i've never spoke before still waters is symbolic of the peace of god that passes all understanding i don't know about you but in this world that we're living in especially in this time we need the peace of god we don't need a false peace we don't need some some peace that comes through some drugs or getting high somewhere to get some sort of peace we don't need peace through some sexual fornication out there we don't need peace by watching the television that's horrible Turn that TV off. You're not going to get peace. You get peace by by spending time with a good shepherd who gives you the peace that passes all understanding. That means when all hell is breaking loose in your house, you can still have peace when you just lost your job and don't know how to pay your bills. that When you have peace, that passes understanding. When your son is about to go to to war, you have peace in your mind. When you know that he's in God's hands and and the enemy may get him, you have peace knowing that... My children are protected by my prayers. Peace. Still waters is peace. Everybody say peace. Peace. But the phrase that really got me. Are you ready for this? He makes me lie down. In his goodness, the Lord sometimes has to allow things to happen in our life to make us slow down. To make us, listen, to make us get into a place of quietness. Sometimes the Lord, in His goodness, is all about His goodness, allows certain circumstances to have to get our attention to make us lie down. Who he makes me because some of you are workaholics and you're so busy that you don't have time for God anymore. You're so we're so busy that we don't that peace eludes us, and so in his goodness as a good shepherd, he goes, I love you so much, I'm gonna make you lie down. In other words, in other words, I'm going to allow circumstances that may be uh, difficult for you. To get your attention to stop running so that you could spend time for me to give you the peace that is eluding you. And can I just say this? You could sleep real good and have no peace. Peace doesn't come by sleeping, true peace comes when you stop running from things and allow God to give you peace through His presence and personal relationship with the shepherd. I heard an illustration that really rocked me to the core the other day. Uh, I was in a pastor's meeting, and and one of the pastors gave this illustration. I'll never forget it. It was about a big 16-wheeler with like three big tanks of gas that were attached to it. Why? Because it was a gas truck. And what do gas trucks do? Watch this. They have so much gas, so much gasoline That the thing that they do is they go to gas stations. And what do gas stations do? Gas stations provide gas for hundreds of cars. So this is a, a truck that was providing gas for all of these gas stations and everybody. And it was on the side of the road with blinking hazards on. You know why? Because the gas truck ran out of gas. It was so busy feeding everybody else that they forgot to get gas for themselves. It was so busy pumping gas to everybody else so that they could have some gas, prophetically, so they could have some joy, so they could have some peace. Leaders, listen to me, all you who are leaders in here, we're so busy giving out of ourselves that we don't receive gas for ourselves. We, 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 and, we, and, and then we wonder why we're in the side of the road with our spiritual hazards on, about to be burned out, because we don't have gas for ourselves, but we have gas for everybody else. If you're a leader in this place, you better stop and get gas for yourself. Because you will hate what you do. (laughs) You will hate what God has given you. And you'll run out of gas. I said you'll run out of gas. Why is he a good shepherd? Because he makes you. (laughs) Preach that, Pastor George. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And sometimes what that word makes you is the voice of the Lord that says, Stop that. Let that go come less is more can I hear an amen this is so beautiful some of you need to make a decision to evaluate how much you're giving out versus how much you're taking in and can I just say this you're not being selfish if you take in because in John chapter 10 he goes "I'm the door so you could come in and out and find what come on green do you see Jesus is mim- John chapter 10. Thank you for that, uh, Dale. I'm going to give you a revelation. John chapter 10 mirrors Psalm 23. The New Testament description of a shepherd is John chapter 10. The Old Testament description of shepherds is Psalm 23. They mirror each other. Just like Genesis 1 and John chapter 1, they mirror each other. That's a whole revelation there, right? Listen Jesus is a good shepherd because he provides us leading true contentment and peace. He makes us lie down in still waters. Has anybody, does anybody relate to that this morning? Does he, does, do do, do you, have you been giving so much that you've neglected your own spiritual tank? I want to plead with you as, as a pastor, as your pastor. Don't get your identity by what you do for people. Here's the thing why I say that. Because I'm going to say this very transparently right now. This is not even out of my notes. Ministry could be a high. It's like a high. Because you get the accolades and you see people change. And you do feel rewarded for people that are changed because of your obedience. But you better lie down. And you better be beside the still waters. Because watch this. If you don't, wolves also will attack people that are empty. Oh, my, 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 my. Not just those who leave the flock. Those who are empty are susceptible to more temptation than those who are full. Can I just get, this side is not saying amen. Maybe this side will say amen. When you're empty, you're susceptible to temptation. That's why God in his goodness says, lay down, son. It's like, blah, 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 shh. But, Lord, I want to do this for you. I want to do this for you. I want to do this for you. Listen, if we're not careful, we will even hide behind our gift as a false identity to cover some of our insecurities so people won't see that. you got to be careful if you're in a position that you give out because transparency sometimes goes out the window. And God says, he's a good shepherd because he makes me lie down. I wonder how many times God had to tell David, nope. Nope. As a matter of fact, in the Bible, it says, it. Can I go up? No, I can't. You can't go up yet. Can I go up now? Nope. Going down. It's like, Shh. Some of us, God is good because He's saying, Shh, to you. But Lord, I want, but Lord, but how about this? But Lord, how about this? But I haven't done anything yet. You need to be healed from that emotional wound first. You need to put out, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm doing this, I'm doing that, that. No, no, no. You need to heal from that complaining for a little bit let me heal you. Watch this. Oh, this, this is going to be good. I have read the Bible for years, and I never got a revelation into what I'm about to tell you right now. I believe in reading the scriptures, prophetically, Psalm 23, that each verse is progressive in nature. In other words, it builds on each other. The attribute that comes next is because the attribute that was before. Listen to this. Are you ready for this? I'm going to get that in a second. But King David said the true shepherd is a shepherd because he provides green pastures, still waters, and makes me. Now look at this. This is my, if I had to say my main nugget of the, of the message, this is it. Look at this next, next, next point. Jesus is the good shepherd because he provides restoration and healing in our lives. Now, now, now listen to this. I'm going to say something in the next few minutes that, remember this phrase. That Psalm 23 is progressive in nature. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. And that's foundational, right? He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still water. That's contentment and peace. Now, what, why do I say healing and restoration? Because look at the next verse. Psalm 23, verse 3. Look at, the, look at this. Psalm 23, verse 3. He, Everybody say this with me. He restores my soul. Now... I want you to look at that verse really clearly because I'm going to do it in portions right now. He restores my soul. I say restores my soul. In the next few, I never said what I'm about to say in the next few minutes cuz God gave me this revelation. But he is a rest- why is he a good shepherd? Cuz he leads us to contentment. He leads us to peace. He leads us to make us lay down and slow down. But he's a good shepherd cuz he restores your soul. What is your soul? your heart mind and emotions have you ever said to yourself i feel like my heart is crushed have you ever said to yourself I, my emotions are crushed right now you know what he's speaking about your soul and god says i'm a good shepherd because i restore the crushing of your soul I, I restore the anguish of your soul i will heal your mind heart and emotions I will heal your heart, mind, and emotions because we know that one of the main reasons that God, the Holy Spirit, came upon Jesus the good shepherd in Luke chapter four, I believe it's going to be up there. He said this he was uh, got up there you're going to know this because I said it before, and he was handed the book of isaiah uh, yeah what what a coincidence Jesus comes up to read a little a normal uh, a normal routine scripture moment in the service order and he's chosen to read a scroll. And, he, and, and it's not like he got a scroll. They gave him Isaiah. The Bible says they gave him the scroll of Isaiah. And he goes, thank you very much. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's reading Isaiah. He's talking about himself. He has sent me, watch this, to heal the broken hearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set a liberty to those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It was a scroll. Give it back to them. The Bible says all eyes were on him. Why do I say that? Because Jesus was giving a glimpse why the Holy Spirit came upon him. It was not just to have goosebumps. It was not just for his hairs to stand up. I always say, oh look, my hairs are standing up. The reason for the Holy Spirit coming on Jesus was to heal The broken hearted. Are you broken today? Come on. uh, Have you had a relational problem? Uh, Are your kids not doing what you thought they would be doing? Is your finances messed up? Has someone spoke bad about you? Are you hurting? He's a good shepherd because he is a restorer of your soul everybody wants the outpouring of the holy spirit they don't want the process to the outpouring of the holy spirit in joel chapter 2 is fasting weeping and mourning first then in the middle of joel chapter 2 is then i will restore the years not days, the years that the locust, that demonic stronghold has tried to torment your life and try to get you down, and try to get you suicidal and try to get you away from church. It wasn't just weeks. It was years. It was years of all this mess and backbiting and hurt and complaining and going in and out of church and backsliding. I'm going to restore that. Then afterwards, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. But we've got to be willing to be restored. Here's good news. Turn to your neighbor and say, good news. Good news. Part of the shepherd's nature is restore our soul. <sighs> Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He leads me besides peace, still waters, and green pastures, which is contentment. I finally learned how to be content in life. I don't. W- w- watch this. You know what true contentment is? I'm, 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 I'm going back, but I'm going front. Okay. Contentment means I don't need a ministry to be happy. I don't need a title. Some of you, you need a position in order to be fulfilled. It's, it's true. If you, if you search your heart, some, some of us, we need that position. He goes, I don't want the king. You could take it. I'm happy right here. I've finally come to a place that if God strips me from, from the ministry, I'm still okay. I'm still okay. God had to use, makes me, right? The makes me. Use the affliction to strip away false desires, unhealthy desires for ministry. Preach, Pastor George. Yeah, because I had unhealthy desires. I was like, oh, I want, this, I want this, I want this. And finally the affliction hit. I'm like, Lord, I need you, I need you. Instead of I want the church to grow, I need you. It was a dependency that was birthed on me through the affliction. Instead of me wanting to be the best, biggest pastor in the city. I don't desire any of that. If the Lord would say, here's the person that is going to lead the church for the next 15 years, you'll be taken care of, I promise you I'll say, okay, Lord, praise the Lord. I'm at that place. Contentment. Now watch this. Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Is this good? Are you getting something? Yes. Psalm 41, verse 43. He's, I'm about to give you the revelation. Just hold on because I'm going to save it for last. Psalm 41, verse 3. Look at this. Read this with me. Ready? The Lord nurses them when they are sick And restores them to health. What are one of the things that the Lord restores? Not just your peace, not your mind. Listen, he nurses you. What does nursing mean? That means he takes care of you. Has has anybody been sick and been been visited by a nurse? It's not just a one-time thing. They keep on coming. They keep checking up on you. You know what the Lord, in his goodness, being a shepherd is? He keeps checking up on you. He keeps checking up. Are you okay? Are you okay? Hey, are you okay? What do you need? I know this is what you need. Right? I know you don't want this, but this is what you need. There's sometimes I have to take pills that I don't like, and it's, but it's good for me. Can I hear an amen? amen? Now, watch this. Here's the revelation I'm going to give you. Whew, this is so good. I'm about to shout by myself. He restores our soul. I want to pause and say this. Allow the Lord today to be the good shepherd that restores your heart that's been broken, your mind that's been wayward. Your heart has been fearful. And let him be the restorer of your heart. Come on. Allow him to be the good shepherd. Now, why did David say that? Because he had personal experience with restoration. Why? Why? You say why? Show it to me in scripture. I'll show you one of many examples. Because I believe that the that David suffered from abandonment and God had to restore him from a spirit of abandonment. Why? When all of his kid all of his brothers were were called by the prophet to stand before the prophet and stand before the father. He, The prophet said, get all of your kids. And guess what? He didn't get all of the kids. He got Eliab and everybody else and purposely left David in the fields because his father didn't believe that he was worthy to be a king. Come on, church. His father, he had father wounds. His father said, "Ah, David, I mean, surely Eliab and all these other guys. david learned that god was a shepherd because he restored a spirit of abandonment and he became his shepherd he became his provider he became his protector let me tell you church you need to know him as your provider much more than financially he provides healing for your soul he provides peace for your mind he provides green pastures oh thank you lord he restores the joy of your salvation he restores your health he restores your finances he restores what the enemy took from you. Now, this is the revelation. Are you ready? I said all this to say this. I want the worship team to come up here. Uh, please listen to me because I, I've saved the best for last. Say, i saved the best for last. <laughs> He's a good shepherd because he leads us into contentment. Don't, don't raise your hands. But are you truly content today? Seriously, ask that. If you're not ask yourself why you're not content is it because you're asking God to give you something what you want when you really have sense something that you need you may not see it yet until a couple years after this but your process will give you something that you need do you have peace this morning or does peace elude you do you have your mind on a million things do you suffer from anxiety and you can't stop. You can't turn that thing off. Well, I have good news for you. Jesus, the good shepherd, will lead you beside the waters. And in his love sometimes will make you lie down. Amen. If you're in a season of your life that you're being made to lie down, that's the mercy of God. Don't resist that. Don't resist that. Don't keep going on in an empty tank. Are you ready for this? This is crazy. Here's, here's, my, here's my last point. Do you know that without verse 3 the first part of verse 3 you won't be able to have the rest of verse 3 you know what verse 3 says he restores my soul watch this and he leads me into the paths of righteousness this is going to be a revelation for you he restores my soul he leads me into paths that's multiple streams, roads, roadsides, pathways to righteous living watch this Put that slide up. The Lord restores us emotionally, mentally, and physically to provide us with paths of righteousness. He restores my soul, and He leads me in the path of righteousness. Watch this. Here's what I'm trying to say. A changed heart will change our behavior. A healed mind will heal our actions. A restored, a changed heart will change our behavior, and a healed mind will heal our actions. The Lord doesn't wait for us to have it together, for us to to walk in righteousness. He heals us so that we can walk in righteousness. You have to understand that the reason why he wants to restore your soul is so that you can start living right, because a changed heart will change your behavior. A restored soul will lead you to righteous living because, oh my God, you're not getting this. You're not getting this. He restores your soul so that you can live right. He doesn't say live right when you're messed up. He said, come, let me restore your soul so that could produce righteous living oh my my you're not getting this the reason why some of you are continually repenting all the time and and saying, Lord why me why me because you're not allowed him to restore your soul do you realize that a damaged soul even though you come to church and love God will produce erratic behavior the Lord does not wait for us to get it right he provides healing so that you could have paths of righteousness paths of righteousness are produced by a restored soul please hear me if you don't hear anything else stop trying to live right without getting healed first oh boy oh Jesus see that's your frustration your frustration is that you know the word and you know that you're trying to abstain from sin but you're trying to do it with an unhealed unwhole heart you've been damaged sir you've been damaged ma'am And even though god loves you and even though you're serving god you're damaged do you know that a package could be delivered by ups to your house and still be delivered to your house but it it will be damaged just because it's been delivered doesn't mean it's not damaged see only some people that really that's that's a revelation right there (laughs) some of you have been delivered from sin but you're still damaged the mailman did his job got your package delivered it to you some of you are happy because you've been delivered you got a package delivered but when you open that thing it's damaged and you can't drink coffee with a damaged cup you can't drink water with a damaged cup you'll only get a little but not the fullness of what you were intended to have do you realize that you can love God right now as I'm speaking and not deal with damaged goods and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth will speak so to the degree your heart is not restored do you see the connection he restores my soul he leads me into paths of righteousness in other words David said in English I cannot live right with a damaged soul I have to forgive my brother, I have to forgive my son, I have to forgive my father, I have to restore, I need healing from the words that were spoken over me when I was a child, abandonment, and I need to know you as a father, because my father rejected me when they were having the prophet over. So I need you to heal me, I need you to restore my soul, so that you could, watch this, create new paths of righteousness see here's what some of us are doing we're walking and we're stumbling and then we're going back and we're really trying to but we have a hurt heart we have issues we have anger that we haven't dealt with we haven't given it we have lustful issues that we haven't given we haven't surrendered that yet come on pastor George and what happens is there's a roadblock and then you get frustrated and stop coming to church but it wasn't the church's fault you just never got healed so what happens is when you get healed he opens new paths of righteousness so that you could walk not out of duty but out of a healed heart a healed heart will produce a change of behavior that's why when some of us leaders when we see a rebellious person all that is, is hurt. All that is is hurt I told this to somebody yesterday years ago when I was a youth pastor I went to and I said this story before but some of you are new I went to a a, a juvenile delinquent center and I was I would preach there man my my heart was sank when I saw eight nine ten eleven year olds coming out with an orange suit orange suit they're coming up you know sitting down they're going like this you know with their hair and they're all like whatever and I remember as a young minister, I came to them and they are all like crossing their head, you know, their arms and stuff. And I was talking to them and I said, you're not hard. I still remember that. You're not hard. You're hurting. And They're like, I said, you're not hard. You're hurting. Your hardness is a front for your hurting. The bigger, listen, the bigger the front, the bigger the vacuum inside, the bigger the front. in in your face the bigger the hole needs to be filled so watch this this is true story guys true story you talk about restoration right I said which one of you guys feel that you are here sorry let me backtrack I said which how many of you young men never grew up without a father 90% of those kids lifted up their hands and and, and I'm holding the tears inside they never grew up without a dad I said put your hands down I said which one of you in this juvenile delinquent center facility feel that your actions that brought you here was a direct result of not having a father figure in your life 95% of them lifted up their hands now the whole room changed now I got their attention like I got your attention right now because it's real so I said okay we're not going to deal with your behavior we're going to deal with your heart everybody tries to correct behavior before correcting the heart and it's never going to heal you try to correct behavior without correcting the heart you're never going to see results why are you doing that? Why are you do, I told you not to do that wait, maybe there's a reason why they're doing that maybe they're trying to do it on purpose because that's their, their weapon against you well, she hurt me so I'm going I'm to tell my mom I don't want anything to do with this she's going to see me backslide glory to God and we poke, right? watch this I said to these people if you've never had a father and you need restoration in your heart and never forget they came up with little shackles on their feet so sad come up to the front by this time they came up front guys I'm all I tell you that I remember this was over 20 years ago they're all lifting up their hands and now some of them are being broken right and as I'm about to lay hands on them you, some of you know this story. I heard the Holy Spirit loud say, don't pray for them. I'm like, get behind me, devil. <laughs> and I was going to pray for them. And I felt a strong urge. Do not pray for them. Hug them. And everyone with these, these guys that were tough, I hugged them. And I could feel their chest it was like their chest was caving in and I was hugging them each one each one and I took time the love of a father heals you right now the love of the father heals you right now the love of the father restores your heart restores your soul for the first time these young men probably had a hug and felt the love of a father for the first time in their life do you know what that produced in some of them righteous living Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down to green pastures he leads me beside still waters peace he restores my soul and leads me into the paths of righteousness some of you God is calling you to stop trying to live right on your own and start getting healed and then living right will be automatic everyone lift up your hands Come on, stand to your feet. I have more, but I feel the Holy Spirit saying, here's, you struck oil now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.